Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, episode number two, New Year's Resolutions. I'm your host, Ren. I'm your co-host, Mateo Gonzaga. Let's get right into it. Let's get into it. All right, so, well, no, it's January, what, 14th now? Something like that. Um, it's early weeks, in the year. Two weeks into the new year. Everybody loves New Year's resolutions. Except for us. You got me there. I mean, I know we both have New Year's resolutions, but today we're going to talk about... Um, New Year's resolutions, we're going to talk about if you embrace them, which we're certainly not judging you if you do. It's always good to improve yourself. 100%. Um, but some success strategies, some of our New Year's resolutions, um, and how we kind of view resolutions is a bit silly through a stoic lens. Yeah, and ultimately just how a resolution can be misconstrued and how it can be somewhat of an illusion and how we go about setting New Year's resolutions. Well, and I certainly also want to go over some of the marketing behind it. I think that that's interesting. Agreed. That's, that'd fitness, be interesting. Man. Planet Fitness, man. Whew. Many corporations. Well, uh, I, I want to know, Don't honestly. Planet Fitness. <laughs> I want to know what your resolutions are, personally. Uh, so number one, my ultimate goal, sleep habits. Sleep habits are so important. They are this is true. literally the foundation for your every waking moment. Yeah. And so um, I historically have been a night owl. I've been someone who stays up till 2, sleeps in until noon. Um... And while you certainly can still be productive that way, the reality is is that as you enter um, the adult world like we are, businesses are halfway through their day if you wake up at noon. Like people, if you're a night owl, people are going to text you. The Rock has been awake for like eight yeah. hours already. You know, some some of some of the big time people, David Goggins, like he's been up since you know ten hours. Like shout out David Goggins. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, and that's that's all encompassing. So I've um, meditation falls under that meditating mm-hmm. before bed, mm-hmm. writing my thoughts down before bed, yep. trying to reduce my screen time before bed. Um, You're a big journaler? Um, not really. I've I've been getting into it, and mm. honestly, I've done it because I am trying to fulfill my resolutions. But I don't necessarily see the value in it. I know there's a lot of things that have been done that say that right. there's value behind it. I'm not a big journaler because I'm somebody who talks to themselves, not like writes down their thoughts. Fair enough. Um, to each their own. To each their right. own. I mean. So, you know, we've got the groundwork before bed. And then I definitely want to shout out Andrew Huberman. If you don't um, listen to any of his work or read any of his work, Huberman Lab podcast certainly has been a big influence on me. He mm-hmm. talks about a lot. He's a very, he's a psychologist. So there's a lot of cognitive psychology that goes on on his podcast, but there's also a lot of talk about sleep. Mm-hmm. And. So I've, I'm modeling it off of a lot of what he says, obviously, which, you know, pros and cons to that. Um, I've read, I've read some, I've read a lot of studies. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to reduce screen time. You know, I think it's pretty much common knowledge now that um, screens are bad for you before bed. They, they disrupt your right. circadian rhythm. They tell your body and your brain that it's not time for sleep with the blue light that's emitted. The blue light. Exactly. So I've been trying to um, eliminate screen time for 30 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, starting out with a realistic goal before bed. And is it that's 30 minutes an hour per day? Um, or No, 30 minutes, so bed. I don't see it um, before bed. Got it. Um, uh, makes sense. I figured. And yep. then, um, I, I know I texted you about this. I, I was thinking about buying blackout curtains. They're very expensive. so They I, are. Um, but that would be something that would be going towards attaining my goal. So we'll have to see if I can afford that. I would um, say they're an investment. An investment for your health and for your sleep, so... Um, because they definitely help with circadian rhythm. And then also um, an interesting thing that people don't think about is um, caffeine intake and screen time after you wake up. So that's um, obviously I've been working before bed, but also after. Um, 
it's a lot better to go outside and get natural sunlight before you even look at any device or right. screen. Right. Um, which was which has been really hard for me. That's been a ha- bad habit. And I don't mine. think it's just you. I think that's yeah. a lot of no, teenagers no. nowadays. For and sure. I don't think people realize that, which is why I'm trying to kind of raise awareness about for that. For sure. Um, again, Huberman Lab, check it out, man. It's so great. But um, between that, um, if you take showers in the morning, mm-hmm. certainly nothing wrong with a hot shower, but um, there's proven benefits to taking a cold shower and getting um, cold water right. on your neck area, um, base of your brain. Um, in the morning, it stimulates you, and then caffeine t- take, like I said. Right. So all-encompassing sleep habits have been my number one goal, and we can certainly go over more, but I would mm-hmm. like to hear more about yours. Mine? Well, I'm honored. Thank you. Um, a big one for me is reading one book per month, and the reason I say this is books are millennia of knowledge mm-hmm. compiled into writing. That's beautiful. That's such an amazing thing that we have and that we ha- humans have had for hundreds and thousands of years. And the reason I want to read a book per month is reading helps with not only just your knowledge base in general, but it helps with speaking. It helps with your fluency when you're having conversations. And for me, that's always been a big thing. I've always been afraid of public speaking and it's I've always been very nervous. I stutter a fair amount when I used to speak in public, but... Reading in general has so many benefits that I'm sure Andrew Huberman has talked about. Um, and that Stoics, Stoics have talked about how reading is very important. Another thing that I was very... I want to shout out. Um, some of you may have heard of him, some may not. His name's Iman Gaji. And I believe he's in his very early 20s. And he does something called monk mode. And so one of my resolutions this year is to do a complete four months of strict monk mode. And monk mode essentially is... If you've ever heard of 75 hard, it's almost like 75 hard, except in my opinion, more realistic. You see, with 75 hard, if you fail, you have to start over again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that builds a mindset of working for perfection instead of consistency. With monk mode, it's very simple. You set five or six non-negotiables for yourself. Five or six things that you're going to do every day. If you mess up one day, you just try it again the next day. And you just keep working on that consistency. Uh, so... Again, with you saying meditation as well, that's also a big part of my resolution is to focus on my spirituality this year and tapping into my inner conscience and expanding my awareness of knowledge and information and topics that are going on in the current world. And I think um, we go on to meditation. I, I have an unconventional meditation method, wouldn't you say? I would agree. And it's not going to be backed up by an academic source, but I swear to you, I swear to you, if you meditate to the Halo theme music, I swear, especially if, <laughs> you, played, if you played Halo as a child, because meditation is supposed to, you kind of, you either clear your mind or like you tap into a place that like fulfills you. A meditative state. Right. Right. And for me, early childhood was that. Later childhood, not so much, but like my days of killing everybody in Halo and being the best on the, you know, on, on the little Xbox 360, like, that that takes me back to a good time. Right. And so, outside of the fact that, like, the Halo theme music is ethereal, which is completely unrelated, but, like, it's monks singing. Like, it is monks. Um, this is true. You know, so it's both ethereal and it takes me back to a good place. So, um, that just goes to show, I mean, I'm not really advocating for that. That's just how I get my meditation in. But right. meditation can take many forms. And so it's just about finding a form that works for you. Meditation is different for everybody. And um, 
I'm going to also shout out another person, but his name's Alex Sedlak, and he has, I've taken a few of his uh, personal development courses, and one thing when he talks about meditation is the meditative state being different. For me, I use a variety of different frequencies to, when I meditate mm-hmm. uh, for certain things. One is anxiety healing, one is uh, manifestation, etc. Right. And for me, I think, I believe in the power of energy transferring and energy being in absolutely everything. Right. Therefore... I guess meditation is almost is a placebo for yourself. If you believe in something, you're going to feel the effects of it. Or if you believe that your body can achieve something, your mind will follow. Do you, off topic, do you ever lucid dream? I can't say I have. In a lucid dream, correct me, that's a very real feeling dream. Realer it's than it's basically how I analyze it in this. I could be wrong, but it's basically like a choose your own adventure book, but it's your mm. own dream. I don't think I was aware of lucid dreams until very recently. So if I have had one, I don't know if I can tell you. Well, so the reason I ask is I think lucid dreaming and manifestation are closely tied together. Because if you watch videos on like, oh, how to lucid dream. First of all, I don't think they're really true. But um, second of all, like they all talk about you have to manifest that. So I was just curious Mm. if you being in a manifestation was interested in lucid dreaming or never experienced that? I've definitely heard of it. I can't say it's been something that I've explored very heavily. Uh, but I think with manifestation, it's just a transfer of energies between you and everything else around you, ultimately. But also, you're telling yourself that you're going to do the right things, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that also comes for me uh, praying to God. It's, I'm asking Him for strength. If I were to ask Him for strength for something, I'll do that. But then I'm going to follow up and do actions to get me there if that makes sense right not to this is saving it for another episode but um that's gonna be a fun one um so i think um now you've largely been off social media before this new year right correct so in 2021 no 2022 i did not i deleted snapchat in about june and then I got it back for about like two or three weeks in December because I, that, I was yeah. craving yeah, I remember that. dopamine from something. And it was the worst decision of my life. It was the worst two to three weeks of, the, of my year. And so I deleted it. And again, I, I do not have Snapchat. I do not have Instagram currently. I'm detoxing from dopamine. Um, and I've seen its benefits, but it's definitely a process. And it's hard to go cold turkey yeah, with it. You can, if you're going to dopamine detox, do not delete everything. Because you will relapse. Yeah, you gotta have a safety valve. Hundred percent. What about you? You you so, deleted social so media. So that's why I brought that up. Is that's one of my goals. Um, I've largely. So I'm somebody who like really struggles with it. Like, I I realize how bad it is. Right. But then again, like you go throughout life and like the way that life is structured currently, you you really do need it. Like, in in some areas, you feel like you do need it to you know socialize or to make plans or something because nobody texts anymore Mm -hmm. and so i was somebody who would delete snapchat and then something would arise with somebody where i needed to get into contact with them and i didn't have their number fair and so i'd use that but i I did use that as an excuse like i will acknowledge like while that may have been the situation it's still an excuse and so for me this year um snapchat is my problem i've never had tiktok i like it my my voice of choice and if we're talking about social media is snapchat and so I've had it deleted. I deleted it before the new year. I deleted it um, mm-hmm. about the same time you did, actually. Uh, later, de- mid-December? Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been off of it. Um, and so it, it was it was, it was, was good. Um, 
I certainly, like, I still left myself an outlet. I didn't leave myself a safety valve in terms of an app, but okay. my outlet was that for the people who talked to me, I gave them my number, and then, you know. Right. And that that's, that's interesting that you bring that up about nobody texts anymore. Right. And the way I, the way I viewed it when I deleted it was the high-value people that I'm truly trying to attract into my life will text because they understand how toxic and this is why we get along so well is because you can understand and we text all the time over iMessage yeah we don't need socials no to be fluid to be no. transparent like I don't want to see somebody's face every two seconds like I've, you know, I again that, what that's what in the, la- in the previous episode <laughs> we talked about privacy a little bit and yeah. how if you have instant access to uploading your entire life anytime you want you're valid you're violating your own privacy all the time mm-hmm. no I and I think I just think it's funny because nowadays, like, all throughout human history, it's all been like when since we've had telephones, it's been like you know if you ask somebody for something, you ask them for your number, right? And now it's more mainstream to like you know you know ask them for their Instagram, ask them for their Snapchat, right? And to me, that's weird. Like even as somebody who's used Snapchat up until like three weeks ago and like is very active on social media in the past, like that's right. still weird to me. Like I would prefer, I would much rather somebody ask me for my number yeah. because I think, like you said, high value people tend to tend to text more because they realize the dangers of social media and they're, they're off aware. of it yeah. more on average. Right. And so, like, to me, like, I would much rather have somebody ask for my number or I give them my number because there's a lot more, like, even though you can see more of a person's life on social media, and I don't know if you feel the same way, I feel that as though you may be able to see their daily life and you see more of them, but because so many little people are on iMessage and texting, that matters more and that feels... Like right. more of a connection. Well, and just because you can see more of somebody doesn't mean you're seeing more genuine parts of them. Right. Me, I can say this from experience, and I don't know if you can, but I only posted on social media when I was at a very high point. Mm-hmm. I posted, it's almost like a life reel of highlights is what social media is. You right. post, and there are definitely creators out there who who are vulnerable with their audiences when they're like, I am not doing well. Right. And that's a very respectable thing to do. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate those kind of though, that's yeah. It helps you connect with your audience better. But ultimately, social media is just the best parts of people's lives. Mm-hmm. And a lot, I'm not going to um, criticize influencers, but in my personal opinion, many influencers are still in that instant gratification, instant dopamine cycle where they, they are posting all the time, getting all those likes and thought. Then again, that's part of their life. That's how they make money. Exactly, and I think it only is worsened. Well, for them, it's probably better because they're making money. So Right. But it only worsens the, the, you know, the instant feedback when you're making money off of it. 100%. And I think that um, a lot of people talk about how, like, American kids want to be influencers and then people, and Chinese kids want to be, you know, scientists or something like that. And I think it's... The stereotype. It's, it's right. because of that. I think that, um, you know, China regulates TikTok to one hour a day for kids. We don't have that regulation in the U.S. I think right. that... Social media companies um, don't really have um, that value of their consumers, and so they're going to push right. unhealthy things. And I think that um, that's why, like for me, I've I've tried to pull myself fully out of it because it's right. not it's not the people on there. I don't think that's what we're trying to say. It's not the people using social media. It's no. the algorithms. It's the right. exactly um, negative psychological. It's stuff It's the that people happens. behind the screen controlling the app, controlling the functionality. 
Exactly. And watch The Social Dilemma if you haven't. That is one of my favorite documentaries about social media and the truth behind it. The Social Dilemma. It's on Netflix, I believe. But, yeah, that was a big thing. So that's... Um, obviously, I, I prioritize sleep more than that because sleep is the foundation. But that's, all, that's also a big thing. And I think that that's... You see a lot of people are doing that this year. Prioritizing are, sleep. Uh, um, both prioritizing sleep, but um, I'm, I'm talking about, like, social media. I feel okay. like a lot of people yeah. this year... M- noticeably to me are trying to get off of it i've seen many people in my life make that shift so yes i would agree so and i think that's um we talked about in our in our previous episode that a lot of people are noticing a shift in life and they're trying yes, to that's when i think so. that that to me is one of the biggest indicators is that people are starting to realize you know hey snapchat may not be the best for me instagram right. may be unrealistic right. and build up unhealthy habits so i'm going to pull myself out, out right. of it and then I feel bad, though, because the people who are on the opposite side of the spectrum, I feel like they're only getting farther down the road of, right. I need it, I need it, I need it. Mm-hmm. And it's become a part of their life that they almost cannot live without. So and that's why you need people um, people in your life who are going to pull you out of that. Like, for me, like, you were a model in terms of no social media because until the two-week period in December, like, I largely knew you as somebody who didn't have right. Snapchat. And I think... There's a lot of people in my life who are the same way, and so they've kind of helped me. Um, right. And again, I'm not perfect. Like I said, I relapsed after, what, yeah. six months? Yeah. And no. it's not about perfection. It's ultimately about consistency and mm-hmm. one little divot in the road, and then you just get back going where you were. So that's just life. That's life in general. There's ups and downs, and you just evolve, and you have to go with the flow. And so. I know, um, to kind of get away from the social media thing, I know you said that um, you're trying to read one book per month and kind of learn yep. knowledge. Um, so my last resolution that I'd like to talk about is not reading essentially, but spend 30 minutes a day learning a skill. For me, that's coding this year. Right. Um, We've talked about it. I, um, I'm big into day trading. Anybody who knows me personally knows that I'm going to be on the Mac in class. Biggest day trader I know, dude. Yeah. Um, but for me, there's a lot of Python programs out there that help with stock analysis that would be so beneficial. And coding as we live in a digital age is so valuable. Yeah, it's a and very valuable so, skill. And it doesn't necessarily have to be coding, but something that you are both interested in and provides value in your life, if you right. spend 30 minutes a day, just 30 minutes a day working on that skill, by the end of the year, think about if you 30 minutes every day, 365 days a year, think about the progress you're going to make in that skill. Exactly. Like it's you're going to be a master. Compounding. You're going to be a master. The days compound, the, the minutes compound, and your knowledge is just going to exponentially grow. And we live in an era where books are a wealth of knowledge, yes, but so is the internet. Yes, agreed. And, like, you go to YouTube, there's tons of channels that are free and provide you free coding advice. You go right. to, there are, like, academic lectures from MIT and Harvard, which are free to access on the internet. Right. And education that people pay, like, 60 grand, 80 grand a year for is free on the internet. Agreed. And, and I would about. emphasize that it's never been easier to access mass amounts of information to learn. It's just about Ever. motivation. It's, right. It's, about motivation and realizing that if you take the time, 30 minutes a day is nothing. That's like 148th of your day. You, like I, and you spend, you know, you want to spend 8 to 10 hours sleeping. But in the life of a high school or college student, finding 30 minutes, I feel like is pretty reasonable. Agreed. And I think if you spend those 30 minutes fully focused, you know, we talk about stoicism, doing things with full concentration. Absolute without precision, pure focus. Then you spend those 30 minutes in that mindset. You're gonna become a master of whatever skill you decide you want to yes. you want to tackle this year. 100. percent And I'm I'm going off of exactly what you said. You have 
I have seen your success in day trading and so that has influenced me. I'm spending 30 days or 30 minutes a day learning about day trading in the market and foreign currency exchange um, because I've seen your success and I've seen you put in the work and the research for six months and I've seen how you've grown and that has inspired me to do the same thing. Not because I want to be like you in every way, no, but because I want to learn a valuable money-making skill. Right, and I think... For me, I, w I would honestly like to do a whole episode on day trading, but that's another conversation. But for me, um, if it's not coding, investing is probably like one of the top skills out there to have because you want to learn how to invest now when you don't have bills piling up and when you you know you right. don't have those large life expenses. Don't have to pay off loans. Because right. that if you learn to invest now, especially in the condition that the market's in, where it's like at historic lows, it's the worst right. since two thousand eight. So you have to really work to find stocks that gain you money. If you learn to invest both in that environment and at our age, it'll pay dividends when you are, you know, 22 exiting college and you have a well-paying job right. because then you know how to invest and you're not going to lose yep. that money. And that puts you ahead of people who are your same age. 100%. I think it's all about, again, finding your purpose. That gives you motivation and then you excel from there. Because, you know, the stock market, to me, like... You know, you may see like it's a reputable financial institution, it's a backbone, blah, 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 blah. But it's, it seems like a game at times. And, right. you know, the saying is, you know. You, I see the stock market how I see life. Yeah, you know, you say hate the game, don't hate the player. And so, you know, if it's a game, you know, take advantage of it. 100%. And if you have knowledge in your field, use your knowledge right. and keep building. I think it's never too late to learn a new skill. Ever. No. no. And that actually. <laughs> It's funny. The reason we actually never touched on why we think the New Year's resolutions are somewhat of a well, I think we'll, silly we'll, thing. We'll touch on that. But, but yeah. it's never too late to start. If you have a New Year's resolution and you're waiting two to three weeks, two to three months to start, you've wasted two to three months of potential knowledge gain. Right. But um, going along with that, and I think this is kind of bleeding into our reasons for thinking New Year's resolutions are stupid. Even if you haven't started, start now. 100%. Start now. Like, yep. Sure, that may be two to three months wasted, but don't dwell on that. Right. Start now. Don't focus on what you could have done. Focus on what you can do now. That's right. all you. That's all anybody can ask of you. Fun section? Fun section. Fun section. Well, again, um, we would like to announce that we are doing a guest speaker spot giveaway. And how you can enter this giveaway is by subscribing to our YouTube, following our Instagram account, following our TikTok account, and commenting on our Instagram posts and our YouTube episodes and engaging with our TikTok account. And then we will randomly select a guest speaker and notify you via however you choose. And ultimately, we just want to hear your opinion on our podcast. We want to hear what you have to say. And we would also love feedback. Like, yes, immensely, immensely appreciative of feedback. It can be negative. We we really don't negative, care. positive, constructive. Any feedback that you have, things you would like to see, things you would like to change. Um, please tell us. We're new to this um, as well as you, so we would love anything that you have to say. Because we we truly believe in our message, but we don't, um, you know, we don't fully believe in that we're perfect podcasters. So we certainly set up, you know, approach like we could do better. But right, that's where you guys come in. Exactly. Well, so let's um, get into it. The topic of today's fun section is artist of the week, musical artist of the week. Music, I could not live without music. No, me neither. But uh, I want to hear, because we do not know 
each other's artists. So tell me about your artist, who it is. Explain. Kanye West. That's hilarious. And just we're kidding. getting canceled just because you said that. No, we're not. It's, it's, it's a joke. We don't... Um, we don't condone. No, we don't respect Kanye at this moment. He's uh, Take your meds, Kanye. But um, in reality, you know, <coughs> fun section. You got to joke it up a little bit. But um, artist of the week, Blade. Now, not many people know who Blade is. It's it's Blade with two E's. I don't know much about Blade. I'm not going to lie. Those who know me, those who really know me, will, you know, know that I... You know, you know, I love. Blade, I know you love Blade, but not many people out there know. So, let's kind of go over. Tell Blade. me, Blade is, it, it's rap, but it's ethereal in a sense, and um, we can certainly play a sample if you'd like. But he is from Sweden. Um, he's been producing music for about a decade now. It's very, um, he raps in English, um, but it, it's a very thick accent. And Blade, I mean, truly, like I know it's a cliche to say that music got you through things. Yeah, but. I discovered Blade um, through a friend about a year, year and a half ago. And at that time, I was going through some things like within my household with relationships in my life where like it was tough. And okay. um, music always in my life, regardless of the situation, has kind of been a fallback for me. And so Blade was something new. Blade, uh, as an artist, is very different from kind of mainstream music. Okay, um, It's kind of that dream rap, like ethereal stuff that a lot of people are doing now but back a decade ago it wasn't so popular and so blade is kind of and it's also interesting to see his maturation as he's sure. grown older and made more music but it truly got me through things and i like the fact that it's not mainstream i think a lot of people are so ready to brag about like oh i discovered him when he had this right. many streams right. or blah 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 and blade still doesn't have a lot of streams like he obviously has a large fan base um I went to, I've gone to two of his concerts that were in Denver and they were sold out. Um, so there are obviously people out there who like them, but it's not mainstream. Like, not a lot of people listen to this podcast and know who Blade is, but I encourage you to check it out. And in all honesty, when you listen to Blade for the first time, it kind of sucks. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've if you don't understand, if you don't understand kind of like where it comes from or like you don't understand like what the message is, and sometimes there isn't even a message, but if, you have to re-listen to it, right. in my opinion. I feel like yeah. you're first listening, you're like, what is this? This is something I don't want to listen to. Like, this mm -hmm. is awful. And then it grows on you until you start realizing, like, look at the lyrics, and you kind of, like, just close your eyes and experience the music. Mm -hmm. I love music that can do that. Yeah. I love music where it's tranquil, it's and you can close your eyes, and it's a very, like, grounded in nature kind of beat, mm -hmm. stuff like that, and Blade, um, and a lot of his work matches that to a T for me. Well, I think we've talked about Blade for long enough. You want to hear mine? Of course I do. Okay. Well, uh, if I may borrow this. Um, my artist of the week is Mike. Mike with a period at the end. And um, he was formerly known as Mike Stud, but he changed his name to, like that's a good name change. to just Mike. Um, his Instagram name label is just Mike. Um, oh, you're going all the way shouting him out. I, I am shouting that. him out, and here's why. The thing about Mike is that he, I do enjoy his music for the most part. Mm -hmm. But what gets me about him is not his music. It's his intellect. Mike has a podcast. Um, it's hosted by him. It's called the You Know What I Mean podcast, YNK podcast. I'm just going to shout it out. 
but he posts clips on his Instagram, and what he talks about is exactly what I have been looking into for the past, I don't know, six months, maybe. Uh, he t I watched his documentary on YouTube. I would recommend it uh, if you haven't. It's where all of his songs are written from exp from an experience right. in his album, The Highs. And he took he took this trip out to like this cabin, I don't remember where, and he connected with nature. Mm -hmm. And he was so present with nature, and he was so fulfilled spiritually that it just, in my opinion, this album is amazing. It's called The Highs again. Um, but his music is, I, I, I wouldn't classify it as rap. I think he used to produce somewhat of a rap genre of music, but now it's um, melodic rap, pop country type music, I guess. It's just versatile. It's very like, interesting. I don't I know feel, how to just... And I don't know how you feel, but I feel like music now is too boxed in. Like, everybody wants to make something, like, in a category. Right. When, like, just, like, let the music stand. That's a I 100% agree. I think the best music is music that just is. Versatile. Yes. Um, you know, like, if I can, you know, like, have a like have a rap, pop, country, like, all mm -hmm. on one album, like, that's that's the sign of a true great artist, in right. my opinion. Fair enough. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't like Kanye. But I feel like his albums offer a lot of. Well, man. One of his you, albums. You can. I can't. I can't, I can't endorse that here. No, um, endorse but music. the thing with Mike is, uh, just the things he talks about. He talks about connecting with your internal self spiritually. He talks about making better connections, getting in nature. I will advocate for being in nature, 100. You mentioned before. We both will. Getting out in the sun. Before you do anything, getting out in the sun in general. The sun is the source of life, on our planet. Well, and yet we spend 90% of our day inside. Well, and I think we've both in, been influenced, like, growing up in Colorado, like, we're surrounded by nature. 100%. We are, like, Rocky Mountains are 30 minutes away. The entire so, western front is yeah, just like, open nature. You can, in Colorado, basically, you can drive 20 minutes anywhere and you're in some patch of nature. Yep. Which is beautiful, and I think that's really influenced us. It certainly influenced me. There's nothing better than an early morning hike. Oh, nothing better. Ever. 100%. Sunrise hike, Whew. like there's, there's no topping. Like been on, been on my fair share of sunrise hikes yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, that concludes our fun section for the most part. We're gonna have to cut some of that. that was long. Yeah, I talked about blade for too long, but it's, it's okay. okay. It's okay. Um, we got a short end. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we should jump in now to. Re New Year's resolution through a stoic lens. Um, obviously, gonna look at the stoic stoic podcast. Man. Obviously, but how timeline resolutions. Now let's clarify. Like I said before, waiting until a certain day, a certain period in time to start something, that is what doesn't make sense to me. No. What does make sense with a timeline is planning out. That that part makes sense. However, waiting, telling yourself that it's only gonna work if you start in a certain day. That is where you waste time, and that is where millions of people waste time. I, I, I couldn't agree more, and I think I, my concerns might go a little bit further in yours with timeline resolutions because I think it's certainly necessary to have a goal, and you talk about like consistency over perfection. I think that timeline resolutions more than you know goal resolutions um, have that pass-fail mentality versus if you have a goal, Fair. you can work towards it, and you're going to be able to take two steps back but you can still move forward Fair versus enough. a lot of people you know there's the stereotype that you know the people who say they want to go to the gym they get a gym membership for a month and then cancel it right and that's i think a byproduct of you know timeline resolutions right 
I the reason I say a timeline is useful is I think it provides structure. Um, it's better than just saying I'm gonna do this, but having no plan of how or when you're gonna do it. The 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 thing for me is, I plan out my day mm -hmm. to the best of my ability. Right now, if I go even an hour, a few hours over something, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But as long as I have some sort of structure in my day, yeah, that is where. Well, and I'm not arguing against structure. Maybe we just define timeline more. When you put a date on something. I know a lot of people, like popular resolutions are I'm gonna lose X amount of pounds by this date. Fair enough, right. That's that's not a good mindset in my opinion because leave the date off of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, maybe that doesn't motive, it could lead to a lack of motivation, but it's a kind of a double-edged sword equation, right? Because if you lack motivation and you don't set a date, maybe you'll never get there. But if you, you know, have motivation but then set a date maybe you already lose those pounds by a certain date maybe you should lose like more and you're not going to be motivated to work past that like you said in the last okay. episode if you give somebody seven million dollars they're going to do up to that task right versus why wouldn't you always try to continue to grow or and that's a per that's finding weight. your purpose that's right. a purpose thing i'm gonna the, the one thing i would just say is i actually semi disagree and with what you said in about a timeline removing the day i think that if you give yourself a set period of time to do something and you truly want to do it you will find a way to have it done my mentor alex he moved to miami with twenty thousand dollars in his bank account mm -hmm. and he said i'm either going to make it here or i'm not right by the end of the month i will find a way to pay the rent mm -hmm. and he did the and it, it ultimately comes down to how bad you want something. If you say you want it, but you don't, and you set a timeline, and you're just like, oh, it's, like you said, it doesn't, it's too practical. It does. It's not giving yourself the ability to truly focus on the task as internal self-development, mm -hmm. but more of a result-based goal over action-based goal. But if you truly want something, I think it increases productivity, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm not debating that I'm just saying I'm I guess maybe we're just motivated by two different things like if I I'm someone who if they set a goal with a number to it it's not a date thing for me it's I'm gonna work as hard as I can to get to that goal as quickly as possible okay which weight's not really a good example to use here um, I just came up with that because that's a common no I understand I understand but what you're saying if you right like if you truly want something you're gonna try and get it as quick as possible and so I think yeah. setting a date allows you some wiggle room when especially if you look at it through stoicism wiggle room is not really a valuable thing right okay that's fair that's that is definitely with stoicism i think and as well as just consistency in general that with constant evolution if you're if you're in the mindset that with each waking day you are approaching death quicker mm -hmm. what are you gonna do when you are much older and your mind is incapable of learning things the way it used to be. Yeah, no. Like, we definitely agree. Like, we may disagree on, like, our definitions of timeline. I just believe we're motivated but, in different ways. Yeah, but we definitely agree that New Year's resolutions are bad because they're pushing self-improvement off to a later date. 100%. Like, you may be doing terrible things, have bad habits in October of 2022. Right. Why wait until a certain date instead of sitting yourself down and saying, you know what? I don't like X, Y, and Z about myself, and I'm going right. to start today to change myself. Exactly. And I'll be honest, I started a lot of my resolutions in December when I truly had 
just in a waking moment. And I'm, we're not saying we're perfect. Nobody is perfect. I am no. simply not perfect. Again, I relapsed with social media uh, last December. Um, I haven't done every single thing on my New Year's resolution every single day of the year. No. But I have done my best to keep it consistent. If I don't do it one day, I make sure I do it the next day. Mm -hmm. It's all about long-term consistency over delayed perfection. Yeah, no. Um, you definitely harp on consistency. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, you set a date and it just distracts yourself away from the true goal, which is constant evolution and constant right. working towards your goals. Yep. And, you know, again, it gives you that wiggle room that I despise so much. Right. And it's just, you know, like it, if you truly wanted to improve yourself, you would work on it every single day. Right. And I think that... Um, like I said, I wanted to talk about marketing. I think that companies realize that people look towards a day and they don't look towards their goals. And so right. I think that it is really preying when companies, like they prey on consumers when, um, you know, they offer New Year's resolution specials right. like, like gyms um, and other common places where you see resolutions, they offer those specials. And I think that it incentivizes those people to quit right. because they're extenuating the circumstances of New Year's resolutions. And... Um, making it seem like, oh, it's such a great deal. Right. And if people come in thinking that, oh, it's new year, new me, versus I really want to get better at something, they lack that motivation. And so when things get hard, you know, they have a hard, they have a hard workout. They have to go through the aching and pain yep. of mm -hmm. starting to work out. Yep. I know that, um, so I've been going to the gym a lot. Like I said, with my resolutions, it was sleep habits. And so part of my sleep habits is I'm building myself up to where I can wake up at 5 a.m. every day and work out. Right. And we can certainly talk about workout habits, but... Um, I, I have struggled in the past with gym motivation, but I started again in the middle of the year. Right. I started this stuff again in the middle of the year, and the sleep habits have come with time and started you know, month, a month yeah. ago, two months ago. But those people who look towards a date aren't going to be that motivated, and so they're going to fall in the same pitfalls I have where like, they're like, this is hard, this isn't worth my time, Like I have better things I can be doing. Whereas It's not stoic. such a present issue. Right. Whereas a stoic would view it with, this is hard, this will help me grow. Right. I will evolve. I and will be this challenge. the stoic will look towards the end goal and what this accomplishes for your body and your soul. Right. Versus the physical pain or the fact that it's something you're not used to. Right. And so it's all about focusing on the end goal instead of, like, focusing on a date. 100%. I think at the end of the day. And that's why we're right. kind of against New Year's resolutions. Now, obviously, if you're somebody who... Um, lacks motivation like it's better to set a new year's resolution than to say you know i'm not going to do not this at all it's better to do something than nothing but right. what we are saying is that for a lot of people they decide to wait until january 1st and yep. that's a bad habit to develop I, that's the main point 100 percent. it's interesting that you say it's better if you if you're lacking motivation i just think that's an interesting thing because for me i never when I first found out about lifting, mm -hmm. this was back in January of 2021. Yeah. So about two years ago, I had been called skinny a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I clicked, had that motivation to lift. And for you, you have had the motivation to be successful mm -hmm. in terms of learning these day trading skills, learning yeah. these money-making skills. I lacked that and I still do semi. Mm -hmm. semi I semi-lack that. But ultimately, as well, this is a big thing with resolutions is taking accountability. And that's a big stoicism is taking accountability for every single action and every single outcome that you endure. Right. If you put yourself in the mindset 
that you are responsible for everything that happens to you. Mm-hmm. And again, if someone in your if some tragic event happens in your life that you can't control, you can't control that, but you can control exactly how you react. Response. Your response. But other than other than things like that, you control everything that happens to you. And if you put all your focus into those things, you will succeed in whatever you're trying to do. Right. Well, and I think as well, and you certainly bring up an interesting point. Like, I know for a lot of people, like you, like the gym, like you go there and it clicks. Like it's something that, you know, relieves mental stress, relieves anxiety, like it's good. Yeah. And then, you know, you're maybe not motivated by day trading. And then there's a lot of people like me who are the opposite. And it, it does speak to the fact that, like, we are all human, so we all have different motivations. But different in general, yep. it is better to set your goals daily and make a plan when you notice something versus waiting for a date on it. Exactly. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about in the next episode, which is routines and the importance of daily goal setting mm-hmm. in your routine and structure. So, well, I think that, that's all for me. All right. Went over our resolutions. We got some good resolutions. Um, so share your resolutions with us. We're very comment interested. below. Drop what a our, comment. What our crowd is, uh, what our crowd is interested in achieving this year. Yeah. Um, like like we said, one of the strategies is surrounding yourself with people who are working towards the same goals. Like-minded I think that people. that um, you know, and there's certain examples of that. I think we both push each other to kind of accomplish our goals. And and we also don't try and compete with each other. No. We'd rather see each other succeed than try and be better than one another. And that is so important there are so many relationships where you say mm-hmm. oh we're pushing each other but i don't want to see you right do better than i'm doing i want to see you do as well as you can yeah we, we want to see all the homies get the bread you know 100 percent. but like like i was saying you know comment your resolutions we all want to see everybody be successful in this community don't this procrastinate year. start now right start now if you didn't if you failed your new year's resolutions i know we didn't talk about um a lot about how it's a you know fail or pass thing but if you fail your resolutions, pick yourself back up. You know, just keep talk to somebody. Keep hammering away. That's all you can do. You know, one step backward is nothing when you have five steps forward to go. Mm-hmm. I so, agree. Share your resolutions. Thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, episode two of the Gen Z Stoic Podcast: New Year's resolutions. Thank you for listening. Logging off.